earth flat? Some say it is, some say it isn't. They're both right and yet both wrong. In the fog of our bifurcated politics, it's hard to say one way or the other. And does it really matter? Welcome to episode 27 of Off the Charts, a stellar newscast. I'm Whitney McKnight in East Tennessee, and I am joined from New York by my colleague, co-host, and fellow astrologer, Elizabeth Grace. Hey, Elizabeth. Hey, 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 rabbit, rabbit. I have to look this up. Why do we say this? Uh, it is thought to bring good luck, but not on any old random day. Okay? It's always the first day of the month. First day of the month. Luck is yours for 30 days. So goes the folklore. Okay, where did this come from? It goes back to at least 1909 when a British periodical featured a girl who said rabbits on the first day of each month for good luck. But why not moose, moose or dolphin, dolphin? I don't know. Maybe because they're not traipsing across the the English moors. (laughs) All right. Well, at the risk of rabbiting on any further, let me tell folks (laughs) who we are. Elizabeth and I are both renegades from corporate media. We report and analyze the cosmic impulses behind the news. We offer you an alternative to the corporate media model that manipulates you into working against your best interests. We bring you news from the ensouled universe where cycles within cycles suggest there's a greater consciousness enfolding us. It moves through us and around us. It's a larger intelligence that extends beyond what we could ever possibly imagine. Elizabeth's and my goal is to help you see there is order amidst the chaos and trusting the universe, not the status quo is what brings calm and hope. And on this episode, episode number 27, we have news from the ensouled universe, and we are going to glean the bigger cycles of foot, given the planetary patterns being reflected in the headlines. We're going to tell you what to look for in the days to come. And I just want to remind you that if you are a patron subscriber, be on the lookout for some outtakes where I share my theory about Fox News helping to set up a shadow government. And Elizabeth on the fly whips out a whole bunch of astrology to support that theory, which I thought was a little bit too strange to really bring out in the open, but I sent it out anyway. And in the interim, since I recorded, produced, and wrote the show notes for that... (laughs) Quite a lot has happened. Uh, So we're going to get into maybe I wasn't so crazy to share that theory after all. Um, No, you no, you have been a a step ahead. You've been one step ahead. I usually am. And and I'm behind the scenes with my stepping ahead. But um, but I'm going to stop being so so cautious about my stepping because why not? I mean, I, I tend to be right and why not? And even if I'm not right and I'm wrong, it brings up really interesting things to talk about. So anyway. Yeah. No, like the, the piece you did that we were talking about, we broke it down a couple of weeks ago about we need to start looking to myth to find truth. Ooh. And I just got a little bling. I mean, I'll have to turn off that, you know, that, which is always interesting. Yeah, turn your crap happens. off over there. No, no, I'm but, happy but, it's but, blinging. But no, right no, 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 no. But that was, no, 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 no. But seriously, that's, that's something I pay attention to these things. To me, that synchronicity is not a coincidence. Mm-hmm. You know, what I'm saying, what I'm saying is that you look at, we're looking to find truth and reality in our myths. So much of the headlines, that, that the news that's flying across the Twitter and um, the internets and the, the Twitter, media, the, the Twitter. <laughs> you sound like an old person. <laughs> the, I know, Twitter. But the Twitter. So-called serious pundits are starting to go, well, maybe science isn't all there is. And, you know, oh. I, I sent you a couple of fun things. Well. Uh, 
<laughs> right. Maybe, maybe we've got some, you know, maybe we're going to have to look seriously, maybe one of the many links I sent you in preparation for the show, naturally, I can't remember which one, but it's the idea that we need to start looking at our myths to find some kind of reference. Ooh, do send, do, do share and that. I did, but I don't, I don't know which of the 80, thousand things I sent you with my <laughs> hyper <laughs> hypercharged moon in Gemini that I am was all over the place. I'm wondering if we're going to start really seeing a bifurcation and this shadow government type of idea is, is going to end up just being like, yeah, well, of course that's happening. Whereas right now we're still a little fringy talking about it, or at least um, framing what's happened this week in that way. And of course what's happened this week is uh, something we're going to get to regarding Rupert Murdoch. I was just going to say yes. the man behind the curtain, but anyway, the man behind the curtain on the Twitter, there is an, a, a, there is an account run by a guy who may or may not actually be named Doug J balloon, but that is his, that is his handle. And it's called New York times pitch bot because he's making fun of the New York times and, and how they try to straddle a ridiculous edge of something. So Wait, what did you say makes, the guy's name is? Balloons. Okay. Doug, yeah, Doug J. Balloon. I, I, I have I haven't actually Googled him to find out you know what his story is, but he's he p- puts these things out. You know, they're they're you know you could imagine pitches to the editorial desk. So here's one from February 25th. Is the Earth flat? Some say it is. Some say it isn't. They're both right and yet both wrong. In the fog of our bifurcated politics. It's well, he hard used to the word say one way- oh, good for him. It's hard to say one way or the other. And does it really matter? <laughs> well, you're you're actually you're getting you're getting at what I think our listeners really have to absorb and understand. And that is uh-huh. we're never gonna make somebody believe what we believe. It's just not gonna happen. Anyhow, even though I thought that it was a little bit risky to go out there and talk about um, a shadow government, this week we find out by admission of the man I was I was pinning this shadow government on, Rupert Murdoch, that yeah, he was interested in um, disrupting our peaceful transition of power, and we're going to talk more about that. Yes. Um, also, as regular listeners might recall, we have moved our department of they over to the patrons only content. It's behind the paywall, in other words. This week's Department of Day was an update on the East Palestine train wreck. I've been corrected. It was, I was saying East Palestine. Basically, we showed the astrology of prevarication, shall we say. And I want to thank our sharp-eyed listener, Patricia, who pointed out my mistake where I called Neptune on the descendant, also known as opposite the ascendant, Uranus. It was Neptune and she was right. And I corrected that. So thank you. Uh, The department of day is where we deconstruct the news and then analyze it astrologically. So we can have insight into whether the powers that be, those are the ones who make up the they, as in they say in our department of they, it's where we use astrology to have insight into whether what they're saying holds truth or holds something else. So I think for this week, I'm going to send out the annotated speech of Scotland's first minister, Nicola Sturgeon. She resigned uh, on February 15th. It was a surprise to most. And I annotated her resignation speech astrologically. I think it's really interesting. So it gives insight into whether or not what she was saying actually mirrors the planetary patterns 
or was she saying one thing, but actually living out something else? So be on the lookout for that if you are a patron subscriber. Okay. That's a lot of talking. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Elizabeth, but I, I want to say what I hear. Here's just a little astrological tidbit there though. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, what's interesting about the Palestine train wreck is how these seemingly trivial events are reflecting the astrology of that train wreck with Neptune, which is a fog. There's a lack of clarity. The details are a bit fuzzy. Opposing the ascendant, meaning how it is seen. So we just had two fun facts here. It's Palestine, not Palestine. I didn't know that because I read my news. I don't, I rarely listen to it. So that's a reflection of the confusion. Like, what is this town's name anyway? They can't even get Mm -hmm. it right. Mm-hmm. And then you're writing about a Neptune transit and you write down Uranus instead of Neptune. You get fuzzy and foggy. Age and being up past my bedtime. <laughs> no, but it's not. It's it, no, seriously. It, but it's, it's actually a reflection of working with that, the energy of that chart. Okay. So before Elizabeth gives us the headlines and runs down what we should be expecting in the days to come, I just want to remind everyone we're kind of on a membership drive of sorts. And I also just want to say thank you because it's going well. We've been picking up more subscribers in European nations and I'm really excited about that. So we will start adding more international news um, in the patrons only outtakes this week. Actually, Elizabeth does a really interesting breakdown of a train wreck in Greece. Wherever you are, if you'd like to have access to our growing library of content, such as our Department of Day, which is my personal favorite of all the things that we do, just, I don't know, because I think it's really effective and it's really interesting to use the astrology to see, is this person telling me the truth? We also have a lot of outtakes where Elizabeth and I discuss things like shadow governments or train wrecks and deeper dives into that and the conversations energy. with chat bots which is coming which will oh my gosh we'll send the transcript of what, what what i got the chat box to tell me she talks to that thing as much as she talks to me these days so <laughs> <laughs> i keep getting every day a new a new installment in the series and like, i'm like you i think you like this thing <laughs> i do well yeah, because this is- wait just let me finish this all right <laughs> We're offering a 25% discount on annual subscriptions through March 7th. That's the day that Saturn enters Pisces. And you will get more than just the podcast. Your subscription will grant you access to all of the growing features in the parent publication and sold the Journal of Cultural Astronomy. It's something I actually started two years ago. It's a semi-scholarly journal, at least in its intent. But really for the past year plus, I've just been focusing on the podcast, but now we've generated so much content that it's just burgeoning. There's so much going on. And, and, you know, if you want to be a part of it right now is the time to do it. We are offering 25% off the usual $75 annual subscription rate. You can find out more in the show notes or simply go to ensold, E-N-S-O-U-L-E-D dot substack dot com. Okay. That's all I have to say. And you can take it away, Elizabeth. Yay. Okay. So the stories we were looking at, we were in this odd time. We did not have any exact aspects among the planets, except those that involved the moon because the moon travels is the fastest thing traveling through our little solar system relative to us. So the moon is buzzing about every two and a half days. It changes signs. 
And as it travels through a sign, it connects with all the other kids in the cosmic sandbox and it drives the action of the day. It's always, it is important in any time you are electing to do something, you want to look at the condition of the moon. So the only thing we had driving the action over the last seven days was just the moon making contact with other planets. And what I find during these apparent planetary lulls, you know, the other, like there's nothing that's going on between the directly between the other kids in the, in the sandbox is that for, I don't know. I don't know what the astrologic is, but it accompanies headlines that are like genetic mutations. They, they, or, or an eclipse that is activated in that it, it, it's something happens that you can never undo. For example, Queen Elizabeth passed away during one of these lulls or like an ice shelf will collapse into the sea. And so I thought, well, what are the headlines that we've had last week? One of them I think was, oh, it's snowing in LA and all the crazy weather that, that, that is, that's kind of like, yeah. Yeah, my, My brother lives in Los Angeles. He called that day and he said, I got to feed it, feed my birds and fill up the bird feeder before the blizzard. And I was like, what are you talking about? about. And he said, well, they're expecting snow on the Hollywood sign, which he can see from his. What are you talking about? I mean, I had just not been paying any attention. I I know. (laughs) Then I looked and it was crazy. Yeah. 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 And they did get the snow. Yeah, they did. And, and weather all over the place has been quite extreme. Another, but I thought, okay, well, where is the other, where's another headline? And, the headline, I think, uh, that we were talking about at the top of the show, where we got another piece of information from this lawsuit that the Dominion Voting System Company has brought against Fox News, uh, Mars, the Mars is in Gemini. So it's it's a war of words. It's a defamation suit. It's on record. Yes, I was calling Mitch McConnell. Okay, but wait, you have to be more specific. Tell people, so the, this, this particular phenomenon. So, okay, so what happened? Okay, so there's so this a particular phenomenon where you have this week of no aspects, this apparent lull in, in the, the situations. To me, the headlines that come into, into being during these times where there's no direct connection except to the moon, these, this, these phenomenons, and I've noted them over years of watching this, momentous. For example, uh, you know, Donald Trump was elected president during one of these apparent lulls. So it's unprecedented, anything unprecedented or unexpected, because there's no pattern. It's kind of like in law, there's no precedent. There's no legal precedent for something. Yeah. So it's like, whatever happens, it's going to be the new precedent. It's the new, it's the new precedent. Exactly. So one of the stories that I'm thinking, you know, what's going to happen during this time, what could happen? And the story where in the Dominion court case, there was a filing. Much of it was redacted, but some of the, the things, Dominion, the Dominion court case being the Dominion voting, where they are suing, they are, are suing, suing Fox News because of defamation, because Fox News was running stories saying that Dominion had deliberately tampered or had allowed tampering with their machines so that so there could be election fraud. Okay, right. So not only did the Fox News personalities speak privately amongst themselves talking about these guests who were crazy. It was revealed that Rupert Murdoch and I believe his son, Lachlan, was also in on the awareness that 
they were enabling this conspiracy theory. But even more stunning is that, I don't know, some, somebody in advertising gave ads to Jared Kushner for the Biden campaign before they aired. Let me explain to people why that matters. When Elizabeth says that the footage to be used by the Biden campaign was given to the Trump administration, what that basically does is it just means that they know point by point how they're going to tear it down. It's cheating. It's cheating. This does go hand in hand with what we say in the um, in the bonus content about it's really an apolitical attempt to just burn things down. And it's especially relevant to the idea that our transition of power in a peaceful manner is what sets us apart. And this was an attempt to destroy that and essentially then attack the sovereignty of our nation. And so that really does become a question of, well, who's really in charge here? Is there a shadow government being set up prior to the Biden administration winning? I wonder if they're going to sue and try to get their money back. But the DNC should say, you know what, all those tens of millions of dollars that we paid you for these ads that you then handed over to our competition before the ads aired, you know, that's, it feels like, it feels like there must be some ethical breach of contract in there. And, and maybe in, in maybe. And the other thing, maybe it's something there somewhere that they didn't quite get what they paid for. So, so we had, so I was trying to think, well, what, what, like, and, and we're not done yeah, we still have to get through today in, until we get to this pattern where we will actually have a conjunction or we have two conjunctions happening. We're recording this on Wednesday. The moon is a cancer. Trying to the sun. Everything should be just going swimmingly. Tonight, we have a meetup between Venus, one of the lesser benefic, and Jupiter, the greater benefic, and Aries. So we expect an expansion of generosity and pioneering and championing for the underdog and maybe some also Martian you know, some, some, some assertive, uh, just assertive caretaking is one, one thing that I would expect with, with Venus and Jupiter. And then nine hours later, we have another conjunction at the very end of Aquarius of Mercury, how we need to think and Saturn, our structure and authority and a highly focused gravitas mindset. So what are we seeing in the headlines that's reflecting those conjunctions? I'm going to tell you. Um, if you read Heather Cox Richardson's column from last night, her letters from an American, she devotes most of it to the discussion of the budget. Venus, Jupiter, who gets what, who gets the money, who gets the reward, (laughs) Mercury, Saturn. Okay. Well, the Republicans are wanting to cut, 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 but they're not telling anybody what they want to cut. Um, but, but so that's one reflection. Another reflection is, okay. So it happens often that when you have a planetary pattern like Mercury conjunct Saturn, stern mindset, a controlling mindset, a focused, ambitious mindset, you will find somebody who has that pattern making news. So our case study is a horoscope we've talked about before, Mm. and that's the horoscope of Ron DeSantis, the governor Mm -hmm. of Florida, who came out with a book yesterday this is a guy with Mercury conjunct Saturn and other. Oh, and interesting enough, he has a square between Venus and Jupiter. Okay. So he has supercharged patterns that are reflecting the patterns that are going on today. And here he is making news, which is fascinating. And then, and so he has this book that has been trashed by critics uh, at the New York What's Times. The book? Tell us what the book is. 
the book is, well, because he's going to, you know, we're all expecting him to announce his 2024 presidential run. A typical campaign strategy is let me write a book about my life so everyone can read about my life before I announce that I'm running for office. Kamala Harris did this before. And then we all knew she was running because she wrote she wrote a book. OK, this is what they do. They write a book. Mike Pompeo, however you pronounce his name, has a book. Mike Pence has a book. They've all so we're looking at these guys thinking they're probably going to run because they they're trying to get publicity by writing their book. So this book, the the courage to be free, or and you, well, do you, you think I, he released the book to take um, heat off of the fact that he's basically taking over Disney? <laughs> Maybe he was trying to do a bait and switch. In addition to, you know, giving people fodder to let him stump his campaign with. But yeah, I mean, it's it happened at the same time that he took over Disney. Yes. And the thing with Disney was something that was predicted. We weren't podcasting back then, but what you no, could been, see. You, the, you definitely have been seeing that, saying that. No, you because you, know, you can see the potential for the wipeout in the horoscope of Walt Disney. And it doesn't matter that he's dead. Yeah. So when Ron DeSantis was making his rumblings last year about I'm going to go in there and I'm going to, I'm going to pull away, take away some of their authority. You know, I think you did do that in a podcast. One did of our I do that? Ones. All yeah. right. Anyway, so, so here we are. Walt Disney's horoscope is still functioning and, and some of Disney's authority. What, what, what happened was, is um, they, <laughs> there's a development board that where it's, it, you know, Disney had had the purview to decide what they wanted to develop within this, like this little domain that they have in Orlando, which is like this, this is this own little fiefdom. It's like, I guess, you know, like Monaco or San Marino, like surrounded by the rest of Florida and Disney, because it's driving the economy, had all these special privileges that were set into play, I think, back in the 70s. And you see well, that in another way to say it is just they were their own taxing district. It was a ex- <laughs> Right. There's exactly. So they got to retain that. But um DeSantis put together a crew of people who should not be making decisions like developing real estate in Orlando uh, in charge of, of Disney's development. But my point here is that Ron DeSantis's book was resoundingly trashed as being unbelievably dull and boring and pedantic and all of the negative potential you would think about when you have this heavy controlling aspect, potentially not everybody with Mercury conjunct Saturn is a dullard, but this guy is reflecting that potential combined with other aspects in his horoscope that are not effervescent and sparkly. Yes. That combination can also be, if pedantic, yes, but also um, really good at explaining things and really yes. a, a very good editor. So it's not like it's a crap placement. It's just that in this guy's um, chart on the day that it's also coming together planetarily in current time, he manifested as a book that I'm, you know, if you look at any of the reviews, it's oh, just, they're, 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 they're it's very just entertaining. Like, well, they are because it's just like, <laughs> no matter what you feel about the guy, we even know about things in his life that are fairly interesting and would be interested to know more about. And he didn't even put that stuff in there. No, so he did not like, put that stuff in there. And, and he used the word elite 20 times in the introduction. And this is a guy that that has two degrees from Ivy League colleges. So like, what what are you doing trashing the elite? You are the elite. And you graduated magna cum laude. So you, you must have had something you must be a sharp cookie. Well, apparently he doesn't talk about that. Actually, he doesn't mention his time at Yale too, too often. I think he makes one reference to it. I don't know. I'm not going to read it. So I'm not going to speak authoritatively. Right, right, right. But this okay, so 
not only is it being resoundingly slammed, which is a kind of a downer, but because Mercury conjunct Saturn can be a bit controlling when taken to extremes, okay? Well, and especially at the 29th degree, which is the anoretic degree and the chaos degree. And the, oh my God, let's get it done before we plunge into Pisces degree. So there's that. Right. And that's the, uh, that's the pattern that's happening today. That's not the pattern in Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis does not have Mercury conjunct Saturn at the very end of Virgo. It's early on in the sign. But, but right now there's this crisis point. So what he did is he had a book signing. Okay. Mercury, Saturn is the principle of control. No Trump supporters were allowed to attend his book signing. Don't you feel like you should just pop some popcorn and sit back and watch how this is going to play out? <laughs> but, yeah. but moving right along. Okay. Uh, Mars is in Gemini, past the halfway point of Gemini. Uranus is past the halfway point of Taurus. And what I've observed is when planets finally get to the halfway point of their respective signs and aren't going to retrograde back into the first half of the sign, things begin to accelerate in whatever the area of the sign is. So Mars and Gemini, we 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 said before Mars even entered Gemini last summer, we said words becoming weapons, a war on words, a war of words. And it was very interesting that in um, the House this week, Congress, Representative Jamie Raskin, called out Lauren Boebert from Colorado for something that is how the word Democrat is weaponized in a way that makes it an insult and also grammatically incorrect because it's Democrat a is a noun and mm-hmm. democratic is an, an adjective. adjective. So Jamie Raskin is not a representative from the Democrat party. He is in the Democratic <laughs> Party. So he's made this speech and he said, look, Lauren Boebert, what you're doing with this now, we all know that you are trying to insult the your Democratic colleagues. And if we were to do this, it would be as if every time we said Republican, we prefaced it with the word banana, the banana Republican budget, blah, 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 the banana Republican colleague, blah, blah, blah. And it's so laughing harder, said, but I had my mic on mute, but that's no, funny. <laughs> no, it's funny. Exactly. And so, but it's, but, but it's interesting that somebody finally called them out and it's appropriate for this to be happening. This is my point. Now with Mars past the halfway point in Gemini, Mercury conjunct Saturn being a school mom seeking to control and instruct and define words well, anyway but your anyways, point being mars and, is speeding up with the war of words more, and, and so we're and we're going to be seeing a lot more of that and then you know like shrapnel. Uh, like shrapnel the other thing i wanted to talk about this is the last full week of saturn in aquarius it's mm-hmm. not gonna, it, it goes out it goes out on November, on march 7th and we will not, not, not see saturn return. not, not return return. for maybe almost 30 years time. maybe in our life no i'm gonna be here i'll be here no i'll be here I, okay, I, 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 no, I will. I will be here in 30 years. Saturn's not coming back into Aquarius for another 30 ish years. So Saturn is at the very end of Aquarius and Pluto is at the very end of Capricorn, which means they are 30 degrees apart. And if you were listening to our podcast last summer, you may remember Whitney and I talking about a similar relationship between Saturn when it was in Aquarius mm-hmm. and Neptune 
when it was in Pisces, which it still yes, is, it still is. Mm-hmm. 30 degrees apart. And what that was doing is you, you had this beautiful, you, you gotta, you have to explain this because you explained it so beautifully. But, but my, my contribution to this, to the discussion was that when Saturn and Neptune were, were 30 degrees apart, what that meant is any planet that made an aspect with one of them, Saturn is the principle of reality, structure, control. Neptune is the principle of the immaterial. It dissolves whatever it touches. It's the unknown. It's the weird. It's the wiggy. So every planet over the summer that made contact with one would have to process the other reality and surreal at the same time. And what we have going on now is we have Saturn, the energy of control and restriction in reality, and Pluto, which is power and resources and extremes breakdowns, transformation. So we have all of these efforts at humanitarian control, like, hey, we really need to keep our social safety net here in the United States, you know, with, with governments, you know, governments arguing over whether we're going to keep social security or not. So whenever, so we're dealing with that. And at the same time, we're dealing with elements of breakdown within the very government that's trying to govern. And they're not looking at each other. And that, and that's what I wanted you to explain because you did such a great job of, of talking about this last year. Well, basically because they're in aversion, meaning that the two houses are too close together for, so if you're sticking your head out your window to see what's going on out on the street, but your window faces east and your front door faces uh, north and you stick your head out the be- bedroom window facing east, you can't crane your neck enough to see what the heck is going on out there on the street north of your home. So think of it that way. Whoever is living in uh, the house where Aquarius is and who's living in the house where Pisces is, they cannot see each other. Just they cannot get their head around the angle and get the angle necessary to be able to see. So they rely on news from others to to translate what's happening. The moon brings them to, yeah, as yeah. the moon connects with one. And, and yeah, exactly. There's an agent involved. There's a yenta involved. There's a messenger. This is, yeah, this is, I'm so glad we're having this conversation because here we have this urgency about Saturn in Aquarius, which is doing its darndest because it's high functioning in Aquarius. And Saturn refers to authority and structure. And, and it's doing its, and so we have one component of our world. This is from the perspective of the United States. You know, check, check what's going on in your country. If you're listening to us overseas, you've probably seen similar patterns where you have one faction that's trying to be the good executive and legislate things for the benefit of all. But then at the same time, you have Pluto at the end of Capricorn, which is breaking down and uncovering all of the rotten, rusty pipes. Turning well, it all into compost. Yeah, while you're still trying to run water through it. So imagine while you're still trying to run water through it. Wait till Saturn goes into Pisces. There's <laughs> not going to be any pipes there. <laughs> so that's it's, so that's a reflection of why we have these extremes of this sounds really good, and then on the other hand, it's completely it's 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 an absolute mess. If you think about what we just described and apply that to the future of our government agencies at a time when there is this split between factions who believe that their way of running things is correct and has nothing to do with the way that the other side is seeing things. And spoiler alert, you're never going to convince the other 
not in not on mass. There's no media campaign that's going to convince the people who don't want to believe that they should come to your side and believe whatever your side happens to be. So I say, you know, we're just going to have to live with the fact that there are there's a curtain between us. Yeah. And and that that curtain is coming down and I don't think it's going to go back up. So what I'm actually saying is is I do think regardless of whether or not there is a shadow government, there's just going to be two realities you can choose from <laughs> in terms of government. Now, how that plays out, you know, choose your own adventure democracy. I don't know how that plays out, but that's what's coming. I mean, I stand by that. So as far as the extreme breakdown in Aquarius, when Pluto goes into Aquarius on the 23rd of March, and then again, it'll go in, um, in 2024 and stay there for 20 years. When that happens at the very beginning of its stay in Aquarius with Pi, uh, with Saturn in Pisces for two and a half ish years, I think what we're going to see, as Elizabeth has already pointed out, is not only we're going to have a focus on mental health concerns and being more mm. compassionate for people who have experienced trauma, we are going to see the organizations and the institutions that are supposed to deal with, think of this as Saturn institutions that mm-hmm. are supposed to deal with compassionate concerns, they're going to get broken down and restructured because mm-hmm. you're going to have Pluto next door. Now, yes. I'm seeing this as a whole sign astrologer, yep. and I'm thinking that the third house is all about about the mundane daily quotidian at the roots activity. If you were to look oh, at, a, okay. at a chart right. and you were to look at the third house and you would see that, you know, um, that Aquarius, I think that would put Sagittarius rising. So if you're looking at um, the third house at just, or don't even put the, don't even put the signs in there. Just the third house, the third place is before the imum coele. So that that stanchion, right. Of the four directions. That's the, that's the, the Northern part of the, um, the, the I see. Yeah. The Imamquale. So the I see that's your midnight, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's an angle. The third house right before that angle, that's the stuff going on around the roots. That's your quotidian activity. That's the way you have to think and order and organize things and communicate in order to get things done. And then the fourth house becomes the roots itself, the, the foundation of things. So what we have happening here is in a general sense, you have extreme breakdowns as Pluto moves into Aquarius, which from my whole sign perspective, this is not Elizabeth, but I think in general, she's, she's, she's following me here. From that perspective, you have Pluto moving into where Aquarius is, into that area where the daily grind is is getting proscribed around the roots, how things happen at the same time that Saturn is moving into the fourth house of Pisces at where the foundation is, it's going to wash it out. It's going to change the way that we go about interacting with these institutions that are getting a Saturnian hello is going to shift. Now you can go back to looking at this in the quadrant house system. And you could just still say Saturn and Pluto are busy doing very important business and not seeing each other as they do it. And so we're going to rely upon the, the translation and there is an astrological term for this, the uh, translation of light. It's when one planet moves between two planets and connects mm-hmm. them. We're talking about all of this activity, looking at the horoscope of the United States, correct? I'm speaking in, in two ways. I'm speaking in general so people can understand how I am viewing what's happening in the United States. I'm Okay. okay cool. So, so the, I, ultimate, I point, the okay. ultimate point I was making okay. is that, you know, I was going to make a prediction, which is that we're going to see things like healthcare finally collapse. 
I don't know what that's going to look like, but we're finally going to stop pretending that we actually have choice in care because we don't. We're going to stop pretending that in this country, healthcare is not really just a profit-making venture. We're going to stop pretending that we don't actually look to people's pain for a fifth of our economy. So in other words, you better be in pain or a fifth of our economy is going to collapse. Well, guess what? We're finally going to have to get honest about this because Pluto is saying, I'm here and I'm here to collect your bullshit. And Saturn is saying, I'm here and I'm here to make you compassionate and build a structure accordingly. We may not be seeing each other, but we have the same similar mission and it's going to rely on all of the transits going on translating between those two, but things are going to change. Yeah. Um, Saturn will be at the top of the horoscope of the affordable care act. The top of the horoscope, the midheaven is 11 Pisces. So, mm. you know, we're going to see. Some, well, that's some not going to happen for at least another year and a half though. I don't, because I think Saturn return, Saturn goes retrograde, which is going to be interesting too, because it's going to be like grinding through. It's like, I'm here and I really mean business. You better care or else. <laughs> You better care. And and the Mars in the horoscope of the Affordable Care Act, which is in the second house, values, money. It's at one degrees of Leo. So it will be opposed by Pluto mm. in the eighth house, mm. which is everybody else's values and everybody else's money. So yeah, oh. uh, you know, it's, it's going to be, it, I do, uh, yeah. I've always thought that we will, I, we will in the United States get to a point where we have universal care for all. We have to. We have to. I'm not to. even sure. Actually, I'm not sure of that. You might be right. I'm you, not saying no, you're I not. Am. I'm sure about it. Yeah. Okay. Well, that, so, yeah. all right. So, and, and, and I hope, I hope you are. I am just saying if it is universal, it's not going to be the way you think it's going to be, or, you know, the way universal healthcare advocates want it to be. I, I just think that there's going to be so much more that people want that right now our policymakers don't consider, like people are going to want to start thinking about Reiki seriously. <gasps> Oh, 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 yes, this was important. The the this was important. This was important. <laughs> so talking about the, 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 you know, so here we have on the one hand, um, the House Oversight Committee, Republican members sending an email, a letter to Pete Buttigieg, our Secretary of Transportation, whose horoscope is being supercharged by transiting Pluto sitting on his 29 Capricorn sun. So they sent him a letter demanding to know uh, everything that he has to share about the NTSB, which is an agency that is not part of the Department of Transportation. National Transportation Safety Board. Yeah. Okay. So these people are so dumb. They don't even know what, they don't even know what agency does what? Okay. So this How do you is the really one- feel about these people now in charge? I, really, I am frustrated beyond, I am frustrated by it. It's just sad. It's heartbreaking. It's like, oh my God. Um, but anyway, I, I just, but, but he, so on the one hand you have that. And then on the other hand, you had Gina Raimondo, the secretary of commerce giving the speech and saying, Hey guys, you know, we passed this really cool infrastructure bill where all of you chip manufacturers are going to get access to federal funds and cool stuff. But here's the deal. You can't have any of that money unless you agree to set up childcare provisions for your new employees. I mean, is that Saturn? <laughs> it's Saturn at the end of the Aquar- Aquarius in the extreme. And then with our Venus Jupiter conjunction, which is so helpful to women. Um, people whose horoscopes are are behaving as we anticipated. These are people that have planets at the very end of Capricorn. So they're being supercharged by Pluto right now because Pluto's at 29 Capricorn. So anybody who's got, uh, you know, we and we gave you a list. And so we're, we're checking in with them 
Pete Buttigieg, whose name I'm probably mispronouncing, uh, of course, is in a very supercharged position because he's Buttigieg. Buttigieg, thank you. Who's the Department of, um, you know, Transportation is getting a lot of heat and this is having a transforming trial by fire experience over the next couple of years. Um, Nikki Haley with her son at 29 Capricorn declared her run for president and Marianne Williamson. The, the, the mainstream media isn't even picking speaking up of on Saturn it. into Pisces. That is yeah, exactly right. who you'd expect. It, <laughs> no, no, exa- yes. But the mainstream media has not even, I don't even think they've picked up that, uh, that she's announced her campaign earlier this week and her moon is at the very end of Capricorn of Capricorn. So this is a woman who really needs to get things done in practical. Let's not beat around the bush kind of things. Uh, was there anybody else that I had was on my list of people? Kelly. Oh, Kelly Con, Kellyanne Conway. Oh, yeah. So she's making news um, because <laughs> because Dan Goldman, who is a uh, congressman, newly elected congressman from New York, I believe he's new, newly elected, has offered a Kellyanne Conway amendment proposing prison sentences for Hatch Act violations. So they want to make her famous for naming legislation after her to punish those who did things that she was routinely accused of doing when she served in the Trump administration. So Pluto can, when Pluto is hot in your horoscope, it can suggest fame for better or worse. And so here we have, here we have. And so I I expect, again, all of these people whose horoscopes are activated by transiting Pluto, they're not going away for another two years. Before we move on to what people should be looking out for in the next week or so, let's talk about these animals breaking out. I think this is interesting. The thing, okay, so so it seems that there are many headlines of bear escapes zoo for the second time. You know, or, or even if they're not breaking out of a, a confinement here in the United States, in the Guardian, it is noted that there is a Canadian super pig wild boar hybrid species that is running a muck that's hyper, super, super, super intelligent. Onion headline, super pig boar, superior, super enormous. Pig pig. <laughs> like it's like it's straight out of the onion. It just feels, there's a spidey sense. And I think you probably feel the same way that. Part of our journey as Pluto breaks down our structures of our, what our authority was all about as it moves into Aquarius and becomes even more human. And then Neptune and Saturn going into Pisces. So Neptune is in Pisces already, but Saturn, when it goes into Pisces, um, Pisces is all about empathy and understanding that we are all connected. And so it seems that it's just interesting, all these animals, like, seeking liberation. (laughs) Yeah, actually, I hadn't thought about this until you just brought this up. But um, that would be another thing that I would anticipate could be overhauled during this period we've just discussed. Our relation. Yeah. Well, but specifically, um, lab animals, animals that we use to test things, especially now that I've been so close to it in my previous career with medicine, we owe the animal kingdom one hell of an explanation. We do horrible things to these animals. I'm sorry, even when, you know, these internal review boards and all the things that we have set up to, to guarantee that these animals are not mistreated. I'm sorry, we're still cutting them up. 
We're still poisoning them. We're still doing all kinds of things. I think this is going to start becoming a more mainstream conversation that gets had. A lot of people really don't think about this. I would say the majority of Americans especially don't think about this. And I'm, I'm suggesting it's just going to come out, particularly as we do talk about things like zoonotic diseases and as we look at our, our food supply and whether or not the animals mm-hmm. are being treated well before they become dinner. One of the agencies that we may want to start tracking um, would be the Department of Agriculture. We will probably track every agency at one point, but the Department of Agriculture and whether or not it can do its job to make sure that uh, animals are treated fairly, one of its many jobs, that animals are treated fairly and with hygiene that is appropriate to stop things like salmonella from reaching our plates and so on. But I would yeah. say that these are all the kinds of institutional crises that we're going to start seeing how things are treated and whether or not they're treated with respect and with dignity. These mm-hmm. are the things we're going to be mm-hmm. hearing a lot about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, and yeah, I mean, especially the Pluto and Aquarius, I mean, historically um, one of the things that's happened in, in past passages of Pluto and Aquarius is that ha- there has been significant declarations of human rights. We had our bill of rights that came out when Pluto went into Aquarius in the last passage mm-hmm. in France after the, during, you know, there was the declaration of the rights of man. So what should we be on the lookout for to come in the next few weeks, next few days? And, well, you know, enjoy, enjoy the last, the last week, the last several days of Saturn and Aquarius. Next week we have, we have, we have, I have to find my notes. So I know um, we have we have Saturn moves into Pisces on March seventh. We'll talk about that next week. And yeah, and you- also, hey, 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 full moon that day too, and a full moon. So we've got a full moon coming in on uh, yeah on that day. Full moon in Virgo at in midway Virgo. through mm-hmm. the sign. So it'll be square. It'll be square Saturn. Interesting. But interestingly enough, other than Saturn's shift, the only other patterns that we have next week are. We have a sextile, a harmony, a cooperative connection between the sun and Uranus exact on Monday morning. So we're starting to, we'll, we'll be starting to feel that as we roll into the weekend. That suggests, believe it or not, a cooperative time among leaders. I'm talking about, you know, heads of state and heads of business, technology, a cooperative time. People are reaching out to, uh, to form unconventional alliances, have communication and and um cooperative initiatives. So it's a good weekend to hang with your friends. Um, The moon will be in Leo for the weekend. That's always a party time. And then after Saturn enters Pisces on Tuesday, which will be preceded by a full moon. Isn't that interesting? We're going to have the full moon with Mm -hmm. Saturn at the very, very last degree Mm -hmm. and minute of Saturn. That's pretty darn Mm -hmm. intense. Mm -hmm. I'll have to take a look at that chart. Mm -hmm. Um, And then... On Saturday, the 11th, we'll have two patterns. Venus will sextile Mars, which is a cooperative connection. So that's nice. And Mercury will sextile Uranus. Mercury goes into Pisces tomorrow. I should tell you that. That's going to affect tomorrow, Thursday, the 2nd. Um, that, that affects the way we need to think about things. And so it, our, our thought patterns that we, and particularly what is expressed that we're reading about in the in the headlines, will be based more on feeling, intuition, and empathy than the wonky, intellectual, innovative, airy potential of Mercury 
how we need to think and communicate in Aquarius, which is where it is now. So we're going to have a chance to feel a lot of stuff in March. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mercury doesn't like to have to do that type of thing. It doesn't feel so excited about being wet. <laughs> wet and without a mouth, mute, all the water signs. Yeah. When have you ever heard a fish talk? It's hard. <laughs> so gloop, Nemo. Wemo, Wemo, Wapo, Wemo, No, not Wemo, Nemo. Oh, Nemo, the fish. Okay, cool. That's it. Yeah. I don't, I, that's all I have. That's all I, I just, you know, it's going to be, you know, the, the, the second week of March, Neptune is all over the place. We'll have the third square between Mars and Neptune in the series as Mars is preparing to finally get out of Gemini. And the sun will meet up with Neptune that week, which is... Uh, you know, oceans, empathy, wipeout, drugs. It'll be great for the Academy Awards. Uh, glamour, pixie dust. <laughs> somebody, is somebody going to smack I mean, somebody if, with if, a wet if, fish? If, you know, if Avatar, the you know the 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 Avatar, the Way of Water. If, if I that still one, have not seen that film. I haven't seen the first one. The first one was too long, but I don't know. I like the I like the idea. It makes it makes. Speaking of myths, it certainly tells a myth that makes sense to me about just provide what you need when you need it instead of taking over everything and being greedy because you can what a concept all right well uh, we just want to thank you again for spending your time with us off the charts a stellar newscast is patron supported so once again beginning in march when saturn goes into pisces patron subscribers will have access to all the library all the podcasts um and right now we are going to start doing every other week for everybody patron subscribers will have access to all the weeks but I don't know. I'm wondering if we, we'll get back to you on that. Right now, patient subscribers will have access to everything. Non-paying subscribers will have access to every other week. Those of you who actually read paper books instead of Kindle, <laughs> um, I have bookmarks that list the dates of Mercury retrogrades for 2023 with a little reminder of what your coping strategy should be during those times. So if anybody is motivated, anybody who has already um, become a patron subscriber or anybody who does become a patron subscriber after our podcast today, um, send us your address, your snail mail address. I don't care if you live in Greece or France or anywhere. I will send you, uh, I, will put, I will put a few of these nifty little bookmarks in the snail mail as a thank yeah, you. So, so you us. can, um, you can. I guess what's about they you they can reach you by um it's eg at graceastrology.com. That's the best way for them to get a hold of you, right? Yeah, that that's there I have with my moon in Gemini, I have so many email addresses, but that one will work. <laughs> you can find out more at ensold.substack.com and get your 25% off your annual subscription. Again, visit insold.substack.com. And if you are already a patient subscriber, thank you again and consider giving a gift subscription. And lastly, in addition to you, lovely listener, the fuel for this podcast is Elizabeth Grace herself. It is her weekly forecast that has been going on for over a decade now that you can read if you visit graceastrology.com. 
That's graceastrology.com. And it's way more involved than even it is here on the show. So if you think, well, I listened to the podcast, I got everything. No, there's always something more over at graceastrology.com. And one last thing I just wanted to say, I had closed my bookings for um, clients for a while, but I've revamped my website and I'm open for business again. So if you are interested in having a reading with me, you can now book a time uh, using my website and that is ensouledastrology.com. Con. So I'm thank you. I'm Whitney McKnight. This is Elizabeth Grace. You've been listening to episode 27 of Off the Charts, a stellar newscast. So until next time, please go out and look at the stars. Look at Venus and Jupiter. They're beautiful right now. Look at Venus and Jupiter together. Venus is the very bright one underneath the less bright one. Venus is the evening star right now, and it is currently uh, in Aries. So if you're in the Northern hemisphere on the East coast where I am anyway, you can see them in the Western sky, right? As the sun is setting, it's really beautiful. And if you have trees that you can see the, that, that beautiful silhouette underneath is just spectacular. So until then keep hope in your heart and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.